Welcome in this week to Mox on the Mic. I'm Chris Goforth. Glad to have you along with us. It is just an unprecedented time in college sports. I don't know really any other way to look at it with everything that has happened. And earlier this week, we find out that the Southern Conference has canceled all spring sports. And so we wanted to bring in Chattanooga Athletic Director Mark Wharton to spend a few minutes with us and talk a little bit about exactly what all is happening and what's coming next. So, Mark, first off... um, what have you been up to? What's this been like for you over the next? I mean, this has been as strange of a, what, two-week stretch now as I think I've ever seen. Well, in 25 years of this business, I, I did witness 9-11 and 2008 crash where we all had somewhat the same feelings, but this feels a little more long-term uh, effect. But, you know, we uh, got together as university leadership, and they have a crisis management team, which I'm on, and started talking about the what ifs and uh, what we need to do and prepare and communicate to our, our students on campus, our faculty, the community, everything. And, you know, from what we talked about the first day to what we talked about yesterday when we met was completely different, you know, and, and where we need to look at long term and, you know, moving to the Southern Conference. We met uh, about two weeks ago with all the athletic directors and started talking about, you know, let's provide some hope that we can get back to competition, not knowing where we are with the, the virus and um, left out the opportunity for our, our athletes to come back, you know, softball and track and field really that are moving into uh, May and June seasons that possibly we can get them back. And we just, we met yesterday and uh, had a long conversations about being able to bring them back and be able, whether we compete against other programs or we just have them here practicing you know, under our thumb to be able to help them academically, you know, socially, as well as, you know, making sure um, they're doing the right things. And it, it was just a consensus that uh, we should do what the nation's doing and, you know, make sure that we keep them away from each other and, and make sure that this thing doesn't spread to their grandmothers, to communities, to different things. And uh, as hard as it was, I know it was the right decision. You know, being on a campus in almost April when the flowers and everything starts to bloom, you're used to those crowds of students walking around campus and the feel that it gets in springtime. And that's going to be very eerie and odd for us. So for those track and field athletes, those softball athletes in particular, what are the chances of an additional year of eligibility now? The NCAA has come out and said that those seniors will be eligible for a, another year. Um, I, as much as that is great and just saying that, but how does it affect your incoming freshman roster sizes? The scholarship aid, which is capped um, by the NCAA, but we, we also are Chattanooga, uh, FCS-level school, that those are additional resources that you, you are able to to try to find, and we want to do everything in our power if they want to come back to have them back. But we, we have to know a lot more information. And it's not a one-year thing because do you redshirt the freshmen that are coming in, and how does that affect recruiting high school students right. the, the following year and two years, and how does that work? And we just want to make sure it's the right thing, the right thing for the programs affected and also for our program. Is there a timeline, whether it's – one that has been discussed or one that's in your mind that says, okay, we have to have this figured out by X. I think we've got, we've got to know by the middle of April at the latest, because, you know, some of these, you know, uh, we have a softball student athlete that already has a job an internship and, you know, it seems like she would do that, but we want to make sure she has all the options on the table to make sure 
it's best for her as far as not only ac- uh, athletically but academically to receive, you know, start pursuing a postgraduate degree. Um, we just want to make sure – I want to make sure that we're doing the best and have the options not only for the young man or woman but for their families, for us, you know, housing, you know, what, what all does that look like. And the NCAA has got to provide a lot more information. I think now that we've gotten through these two weeks of what's happened with NCAA basketball and – baseball softball with the NCAs you know mandated uh, I think these details are going to slowly come to us and we'll be able to be armed with the right um, answers when we're asked those questions have you had conversations with student athletes not many um, I have via you know text messages and emails and um, obviously s- social media uh, for the most part they're pretty good I think you know um, we're still in an emotional time. That um, you know, it, it's hard to get the true feeling once you step back and realize what's best. And we all were eighteen to twenty-two year old, you know, at one time, at most unpredictable hormones and you know reactions. But I, we did a piece today out to our student athletes just to um, talk to them and make sure that they have a constant presence, that they can call our training room, our academic staffs ready to be able to virtually be a help to them as we enter this, you know, starting Monday with online classes. How much are you guys in communication with them from the athletic department? We have a wonderful software system called Teamworks that we're, we're able to either text message them, email them, all kinds of social media that we can send messages to individuals, individual teams, individual units, all the student athletes, all the co- you know, however you want to do it. And we have um, engaged that at least once a day they're getting some message from us. You know, some days it's just wash your hands. And other days, like we've sent out um, emails to campus about housing, you know, right since we made the decision not to come back, um, they have to have an opportunity, whether they live in California or Minnesota for some, that they have to arrange a time to be able to come back because you can't have one dorm come all at the same time. That violates all the things we're trying to do, right. stay six feet away and those type of things. So trying to communicate to them those certain things, if they start feeling bad, that they can call a trainer, don't come to the training room, but call a trainer, we make accommodations for them to academics. All that's going once a day, and we're trying to be strategic that it's not a lot, but it's enough for them to continue to feel like they're still part of our program. We mentioned the the, the idea of an extra year of, of eligibility, and you, you feel like April, mid-April is, is going to be the timeline on that. What's next in all of this well what I'm concerned you know the student athletes and everything that we talked about obviously that's priority number one of my concerns but with not having there's three money makers in college athletics and that's CFP college football playoffs obviously the final four and the NCAA March Madness and then NCAA wrestling and those last two were canceled and so the revenue that schools like us value so much in the distributions whether it's NCAA tournament, you know, distributions that Wofford gave us last year for the next seven years uh, to NCAA uh, sponsored sports. We get X amount of money from many sports we sponsor. Those things can't survive that amount that we're getting this year. We're guaranteed we're going to get what we're supposed to get this year, but I don't see in the next two or three years that they can catch up. There's a conversation about the NCAA taking loans out. Um, my my focus and my continued um, – charge I feel like every day is to make sure we provide the resources to our student athletes that make sure that they have not only in competition you know academically and socially but they have everything they can have to keep them safe 
and successful and NCAA distributions are a huge part of that. And I, that concerns me about where we're going and um, we won't know until we know. One of the big events with the athletic department and, and an annual event that I think folks have grown accustomed to, it's a fun event, and that being the Porky's Open. What's the future of that? Right now we have not done anything. We're, we are going to play Council Fire April 28th. Uh, we are putting a date down mid-April, I think the 10th or the 15th, to be able to evaluate where we are um, as far as you know having 10 people in a group or even 50 people in a group. Obviously, that tournament, we get 100 or so golfers that we want to make sure that um, we, we can have it we're in constant com conversation with Council Fire about maybe delaying it, you know, a month or so. But uh, we really need to have that. It's not only a great fundraiser, but a great friend raiser, and our coaches really enjoy it. That um, is to be determined. TBA. Yeah, that uh, events like that, and I know you know you always talk about you know buying season tickets, but now more so than ever, events like that, buying season tickets, those things become even more important now, given the financial situation you just talked about. Yes, and I, I want to be really careful, and I think we had this time over the next several weeks is really to be aggressive reaching out to our fan base and our alums and saying thank you, you know, and, and knowing that they're going through a difficult time just like our students and our faculty are, but really, you know, trying to encourage them that, you know, we are going to be here and just like 9-11 when they started playing baseball again and those type of things, that's when you see the resurrection that we're getting back to a normal. It might be a new normal, but a normal that I want for the city of Chattanooga for that to be Mox Athletics and the excitement that we need to continue for football and the great year we're going to have. But it's it's our jobs internally and how we're doing what we're doing today um, to really say thank you and um, get them to – continue that excitement that we had with Lady Mox um, basketball and, and what Lamont Paris and his team are doing that, you know, we're close to being back to where we were and being elite. And I, I feel that. Women's basketball would have been headed to the WNIT. The opportunity there for a 20-win men's team to be able to get a, a postseason invitation. You've kind of been able to watch the – the evolution of this let's start first with this men's basketball program of of what all Lamont has had to go through in turning over this roster to get it to the point uh, and the product that we saw this year and certainly at, at times this year it felt like they were really close uh to being at the top of the conference now all that being said give us your thoughts on not being able to play that postseason tournament if the invitation would have been extended would we have gone we did all the work on the back on the front end, excuse me, to um, make sure that we could host. Uh, it's a financial uh, commitment, um, and then left it up to Lamont and the team on how they felt um, going into the tournament. We I think we would have accepted a bid. Um, obviously, we, the way we played that la that last game, it was very emotional for the guys and waited a day to be able to sit down and talk to them and let them make that decision just so happened coincide with the decision the NCAA and uh, NIT and CBI and CIT uh, postponed their stuff. So, you know, um, I think to 
to a degree where my interests were to continue the momentum with our young guys. You know, we only lose two guys. Uh, we've got uh, an outstanding Malachi Smith being redshirted that he's going to be as good or better than Matt Ryan, which is a big statement. It's a bold statement. But I think bringing him in and then possibly adding another piece that, you know, we we have uh, a lot going for us going into next year that we could be – we'll definitely be in the top three of the league. And um, I think – we showed the progression of playing hard and being a dominant force in the league that, um, you know, whether we played or not, I think that momentum is definitely there. Women's basketball, a 1-13 in 13 start. Uh, that second half from January on, they were so much fun to watch. I teased with Katie when she was on with us, could you just win one by more than 10 somewhere, right. right? Because every game come down to a nail biter. Just a little bit about that team and, and kind of the resolve that, that you witnessed. Well, you know, I, I was in constant contact with Katie during the 1-13, and 13, arguably one of the top five toughest schedules in the country that, you know, Jim Foster liked to play and, you know, Coach Moore and Katie, you know, wants to, but, um, you know, either a team can be resilient, which we were, or we can fold. And we were all concerned of what direction, but I give Lakeland Bolden, Nakia Burks, you know, those seniors all the credit. And I give Katie Burroughs a tremendous amount of credit for continuing to coach and continue to, to preach, you know, the fundamentals and what her philosophy is. And, um, I couldn't be more proud. I, I can tell you, I, I was nervous and lost a lot of sleep early. But you know, to see some of those games and the way we won and who we beat, and um, just wish it never ended. You know, which again, WNIT. But you know, Lakeland definitely has a, a history, and um, just like a, you know, all the Lady Mocks in, in the past that have gone on to be all conference, and even the ones that weren't on conferences, we have a heck of a program and. Um, Definitely convinced me that, you know, Katie Burrell's the right person and uh, just proud of the young ladies. And we have a majority of them back, and we also have an unbelievable recruiting class coming in. So I don't see it ending anytime soon. i got to ask about football. No spring game, right? No spring practice. Now, what happens – okay, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Furman was able to get their spring practice in, Correct. Furman, I think Mercer at least got it started. Yes. Furman, Wofford, the Citadel all completed their spring practice. And um, Mercer was trying like heck to get, yeah. get it in. But I think they had five or six that, that, that they did. Uh, it was concern. You know, we, we tried during this last two weeks of gambling. And we had support from our administration and the chancellor that we could have brought them back. Um, and we, we chose a March 30th deadline to make that decision. Luckily, we made that decision um, to see what was best for our programs. You know, <clears throat> Rusty wants to put his hands on them. Rusty wants them here. You know, even if they came back, we'd have to spend two weeks with them working out and getting them back in shape before we can get on the football field. But, um, you know, we, I'm, I think the NCAA's got to provide some latitude uh, coming into July to be able yeah. to work those guys out before we get into camp. Um, and so we're going to pursue those options. You know, schools like the Big Ten didn't have any spring practice. You know, SEC had sprinkled. Some schools did and didn't. And I think, you know, there is enough precedent out there that we need to. And, you know, we obviously got a lot of great returning guys back, you know, and provide them some of them that were injured, uh, Lim Ford and uh, Terrell Price and those all those guys, Harrison Moon, um, they'll be ready to go come you know july or august that um 
you know, I'm excited about the program. We're going to have an exciting quarterback, you know, whoever's going to be one of the three that we have. So, um, you know, we just need our coaches to have their hands on them, get them working out. And, you know, Coach Wright's not going to be easy on them by any means. He's a maniac, but uh, I'm really excited for the year. It's a tough break for him. You mentioned all the guys that are coming back, and a couple of guys, guys get extra years of eligibility now because of injuries, and and then you can't have spring practice for for year two, and that's that's tough. What do you think it will look like? Any speculation on your part once the NCAA, once they decide what direction they want to go with this? Because at some point you do have to level the playing field, right? Right. I think they'll allow – you know, we're going to try and bring them back as quick as possible. Right now, again, the unknowns which we talk about is possibly first session summer school will be online. And so we won't have anybody on campus. But second session is get them all here. Um, hopefully the NCAA will – usually you can work out every day, whether lifting weights or running. At a certain point in there, so many days of that workout that they can actually put helmets on and be able to go to the field and run plays or, or do some fundamentals, which is not typical. of. Uh, usually they do it on their own. Uh, but being able to have coaches out there – have a simulated, you know, maybe 10-day spring practice that that I think that would be um, at least helpful to, to level the playing field. Uh, completely won't be level because of 15 days of practice, and you can do the math to back up from our first game. It's not probably possible, but um, there's got to be some allowance to be able to do that. What's next for you? What's next for this department? We're building a building onto McKenzie, and hopefully October we'll move some dirt somewhere around October, and it'll be 15, 14 to 16 months of high inconvenience for everybody. We've got to move basically the first floor of McKenzie out and um, have some short-term pain, long-term gain. Um, you talked about Coach Wright, that his first spring practice he spent traveling right. all over Hamilton County and North Georgia, um, and, you know, this year is we just talked about it, and then next year he'll be out of pods in the parking lot. That'll be his locker room. So hopefully year four for Rusty Wright, he'll have some normalcy, and I don't know what he'll do with it. But uh, um, so you know we, we're excited about that building. We've got to look at uh, continuing looking at what the next construction project is. Once we break ground, we're going to start raising money for the next one, and uh, what that is, I'm not 100 percent sure. But we've got some options that. We've got to keep uh, some of these facilities up to date and, you know, for recruiting, for health and well-being, everything. What's been the biggest challenge these last two, two and a half weeks? What's been the biggest challenge for you? Uh, just trying to put myself in position of our student athletes and then it switches and two minutes later to what our coaches need to – switches to what's the best for our program and, and trying to make decisions you never thought that, you know, you can't, they didn't teach that in one-on-one <laughs> athletic director school, you know, and really call on a lot of my peers and what they're doing. And uh, depending on what conference, depending on the type of the school, they, they're making different decisions. And um, I just hope coming out of this, that all those student athletes that we have, all 300 of them, uh, go through this and, and at some point realize we did what's the right thing for them and their health and their families. And um, it's been it's been interesting. And then somewhat at the same time of all that is having the crystal ball and what's the future look like? And uh, does college athletics change? And, right. you know, there's always something from concussions to, 
you know, stipends to, you know, on and on and on, playing players and, you know, all this, but no one thought of a virus and a pandemic uh, that's going to change the way we look at things. When you talk with your peers, other athletic directors, regardless of conference or school size or anything like that, is there a sense that we're all in this together? I mean, are they they're dealing with a lot of the same things, whether they're at Penn State or Ohio State or UAB? Yeah, they're they're dealing with the same thing you're dealing yep. with, right? Yes, and trying to make the same decisions. And and do we stop? You know, from the momentum we've got, and we've talked about that, or do you continue to try to press forward and provide some normalcies? But like I said, the normalcy they're not here, and. Um, you know, I talked to Penn State today, matter of fact, and, you know, they are a complete lockdown and, you know, wonder if they're going to bring them back. And they've got 900 student athletes, 31 sports, and $137 million budget, and they're in the exact same place we are. And, you know, it's trying to trying to make the right decisions. And it's, um, you know, it's good you have a fraternity, you know, regardless of the, the helmet you put on or the colors on your uniform that uh, we're all trying to do the same thing and what's best for our student athletes and make sure they have a great experience and have a great uh, walk across the stage with a degree and win a whole bunch of championships. And, you know, we're trying to get that secret sauce. Right. Well, thanks for the time today. Absolutely. I Thank know you. It's been, I know it's been tough. I know it's been tough. That's going to do it for us this week here on Mox on the Mic. We invite you to join us again next time. Make sure you rate, subscribe, and review to this podcast. When you leave those uh, ratings and reviews, it helps mock fans find us, and it helps us find mock fans. He's Mark Wharton, the athletic director at UTC. Appreciate him giving us some time. I'm Chris Goforth for Tate Johnson, our producer. Thanks. We'll see you again real soon. And until next time, go Mox. Go Mox.